Hello and welcome to the 1 106 of a second photography podcast. Today's episode is going to be called Underwater Photography. I went away with my family recently and we went to um, a big water park and my children were very keen to do underwater stuff. So I I have several cameras that I can do underwater photography with because I have several rugged cameras and I decided just to take one. So I've probably got three that record stills and video and would be suitable for this sort of environment. And I just took one and it, surprise, surprise, was a GoPro Hero 7 flat. And I brought with me like a floaty device that it attaches to so I can let go and it will float to the top and it, it was impossible to sort of drop it down to the bottom and lose it. And being a GoPro, it was waterproof without a case and it was rugged and it was good for surviving that environment. So my children did some underwater stuff and I tried to get some photos and I couldn't get anything decent. So one of the problems you have with a GoPro is you need to put it on a wide setting for a start for this sort of thing. You need to put it on wide. And when you put it on wide, it's quite easy to get a finger in in your shot taking the picture is not a problem it, all you have to do is press a button you set your settings i put protune on i went for jpeg and i set my low and high iso limits and i put my shutter to automatic and everything else was was automatic on the gopro hero 7 black you can have um, super photo and you can have raw but you get limits with that now super photo is essentially hdr the, and it takes multiple exposures so that's not going to be any good for anything moving. It's, it's quite good when things aren't moving, but when you've got moving images, you don't want to be doing anything HDR or more than one capture because you'll just get artifacts and ghosting within it. So I put it on JPEG and I put it on Protune and I limited my ISO and that, that was that. So I would go underwater and my children be underwater and I'd try and take a picture and when I looked back at all the pictures, I couldn't really see them. And probably the biggest thing I learned about this episode and underwater photography is you need to be able to see what you're doing. So I didn't have any goggles with me. So I, while I had my eyes open under the water, I didn't have a very good focus on the screen. So that was one disadvantage to start with. And the other disadvantage was the GoPro isn't instantaneous. It's not like a DSLR or a mirrorless or a high-end compact. You press it and it lags a bit, then it takes a picture. I suppose you could put it, put it on burst mode, but I, I just found it lagged a little bit. And therefore, when I was moving and my children were moving, I ended up not getting a very good shot. And generally, the shutter was too slow and, and I missed things. An advantage of the GoPro is everything's in focus. So you have such a deep depth of field. You're not looking at shallow depths of field. You have a deep depth of field. And it means if it's in the frame, it's in focus, which is good. You can get quite close and still have things in focus. But it was difficult. Now, I've got a TG5 and that would have been a better camera for taking stills. You can also have flash on that. And to be honest, even better would have been my DSLR in a waterproof body. But we've got a problem here because while it's socially acceptable to take my GoPro in with me, and there were many other people that had GoPros on a stick like me that floated. No one had a DSLR. No one had a high-end compact camera like the TG5 from Olympus. GoPro seemed acceptable and camera phone seemed acceptable. And you did have people using their camera phones in the water. And you did have people who put their smartphones in like a protective pouch to go underwater. I think that was completely mad and I would not do that, but that's just me. So we've got the problem of what is socially acceptable and a small camera is socially acceptable. So I had to work within the challenges of using a small camera. And I must say using the GoPro, 
it was very difficult. I, I wasn't pleased with what I got. But taking video was a completely different matter. Taking video, I was really pleased with what I got. I took video at 2.7K, 24 frames per second, completely automated. Now, we were quite lucky where we were because when we first got there, it, it was nighttime and the pool is quite dark. They have lights on, but it's fine for your eyes. But in terms of taking pictures, it wouldn't be very good. I didn't take any footage in dark situations. I waited till the morning and then I just waited till it was nice and bright in the morning and I took some footage. So light wasn't a problem even underwater. Now, when you go underwater, it is slightly murky. And the reason I got good footage was because I went for 24 frames per second, which means I'm going to get slightly longer exposure than going for 60 or 30 or 50 or 25, etc. Not going to be much difference between 24 and 25, but I went for 24, which would give me the slowest shutter speed. It would give me the nicest look in terms of motion blur as well. So I use 2.7K and the reason I generally shoot most footage on my GoPro in 2.7K simply because at 2.7K, that's the highest resolution I can get while keeping hyper smooth stabilization on. I can go all the way up to 4K60, but the problem with 4K60 is we don't have hyper smooth on. You could, you could argue it's not really required underwater, but I stuck, I kept my hyper smooth on, I go for 2.7K. Obviously, I'm gonna export everything at 1080, so 4K and 2.7K and 1080 doesn't make much, much difference really. I do find the images are sharper when exported at 1080. I do find the footage is sharper when exported at 1080 from 2.7K. And I don't really see much of a difference when using it from 4K exporting at 1080. So a nice happy medium is 2.7K with my HyperSmooth on. And I got, some, I got some amazing images. I got images you couldn't normally get. And they all look really good in and out of the water because of course some will be taken out of the water, some will be taken in the water. I did some nice transitions where I went from surface to water and water to surface. You can get this nice sort of split image where you use this dome thing and you attach it to your GoPro and it allows half the frame to be in water and half the frame to be out of water. But I, oh, that's such a hassle. And again, it goes back to small cameras acceptable, massive dome thing on your GoPro is probably not socially acceptable and it probably would get told off or kicked out of the pool. So occasionally I would have problems where there was a bit of water on the lens and we were out of the water. But I think that just added to the nice aesthetic really. I'd taken a series of short clips, maybe 50 short clips, and I edited them into a video and I gave up completely on the photos. And I found that the auto white balance was, was consistent. I didn't have a problem with auto white balance. It, it reproduced faithfully, but underwater, the water looked green rather than blue. That's, no, that's nothing to do with GoPro's fault or the camera's fault. That's to do with, we all expect water to look blue, but actually sometimes it, it just looks green. So in post editing of that video, what I did was I accentuated the blues and reduced the green so that it just looked more natural. So the footage was excellent and it got me thinking about doing more underwater photography. But there's this problem of doing underwater photography. I was unhappy with the photos I got. I was amazingly pleased with the footage I got underwater, the video footage. But going back to doing underwater photography again, it made me realize that you've got all the difficulties of a shoot and you're underwater. And you might say, well, that's incredibly obvious. Of course, that's the case. So being underwater means you can't talk to people. 
means you've got obviously safety concerns and means really you can't use flash. I'm not gonna have a flash dangling above the water. I think that's irresponsible and dangerous. I'm not gonna have housing for my flash. I could get a case for my DSLR, not to go scuba diving, but to go in a pool. Practically, I can get my camera into a pool. I could use LED lights. I can see how to take the pictures practically. I could get some goggles, no problem. I could get a snorkel, I could get flippers. I can see how to practically take the photo. On a technical on a technical note, I can see how to take the photo. I could get a model in the pool, I could explain to them it's an underwater shoot. I guess most people like to do that. Do they put makeup on? I'd have no idea. Do you get waterproof makeup? I have no idea. That would be up to them. So we've got all these things we can do underwater. Yes, I can work out what to do. I can work out how to do it. But my problem is the location of where I could do it. I can't just go to my local swimming pool and do an underwater shoot. I can't just go to the sea and do an underwater shoot. And I can't just go to a lake and do an underwater shoot. It's dangerous to go out to a lake or out to the sea and do an underwater shoot. And it's also a little bit socially unacceptable to do it in a swimming pool. So I sort of feel like I would have to hire the whole swimming pool. I would then have to go through all the health and safety regulations of I need the lifeguard, I need this and that. And the concern would be, I can't go into an open public swimming pool with a model and take pictures of them because I would have concern over how I would be perceived and how the swimming pool would perceive me. I'm sure the swimming pool would say, no, you can't do this, get out. We can't have people photographing in a swimming pool. It didn't matter that I took my GoPro in and out of the changing rooms. No one batted an eyelid for that. And I suppose that's the worrying thing. It could have been misconstrued that I was filming people in a changing room. I wasn't, but obviously I have to take my GoPro out of my bag and get it to the swimming pool. And when I leave the swimming pool, I have to take my GoPro with me. So I do think I would struggle just to do an underwater shoot properly. And then I need to decide, would I want to just do, do it with a GoPro? Certainly a GoPro would be logistically easier, but really I'd want to do it with a DSLR that's in waterproof housing. So as much as I enjoyed doing some underwater stuff, and as much as I thought I'd like to do more of this, probably I never will, just because of those challenges, I would need a private swimming pool, a model who was happy to do it, and someone to assist me. Because if I'm taking pictures and composing my images, I can't really be looking at other things, I can't really be doing lights. The other thing is to do it in a bathtub, but I, I think that's, that's just ridiculously too small. So alas, I don't think I'll ever get to do an underwater shoot just because of the difficulties of doing it. But I would love to do an underwater shoot. And I, I've seen other people's underwater shoots and, and they're incredibly good and they're amazing. And I saw one that looked like a forest underwater. It was amazing. There were loads of plants and there were loads of stuff and it was all underwater and that was done in a lake in sort of, I think the Philippines. But again, living in the UK, that, that just isn't possible. In the Philippines, there was loads of light coming in from the surface because it was bright and sunny. So it meant you got this lovely diffused light. It meant you didn't need artificial lighting. It was quiet and it, yeah, it, it was really good. But here I would have to do it in, in a swimming pool. And I think I've already talked about the dilemmas of that using the swimming pool just for photography precludes other people from using it so therefore I'd have to book it on my own and then there'd be a whole sort of legal and privacy considerations that I think would get in the way and, and would ruin it and I'm not saying those concerns aren't legitimate if you're hiring a swim pool out to somebody you want to know that they're not going to damage models and damage stuff and cause a problem and break their camera in your um, swimming pool and you want to know people are going to be safe 
And from a modder's point of view, you want to know it's all going to be safe. So yeah, it's, I think it's just too difficult to achieve. So on that sad note, I'm going to finish this episode.